Welcome to the I-29 Mu Yu Dairy Podcast. I-29 Mu University is a consortium of land-grant universities in Minnesota, Iowa, South Dakota, and Nebraska. This podcast covers timely news, information, and research for today's dairy industry. On today's podcast, we are discussing maintaining or trading in harvesters. I'm Heidi Carroll, South Dakota State University Extension Livestock Stewardship Field Specialist, I'm joined by Fred Hall, Iowa State University Dairy Extension Specialist in Northwest Iowa. Morning, Fred. Good morning, Heidi. Looking forward to talking about steel on wheels. That's good. We have a team of equipment technicians and sales with us today from Farmers Implement and Irrigation in Brookings, South Dakota. Let's go around and introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Russell Beerke, service manager. This is Mark Peterson, equipment salesman. I'm Zane Watson, sales manager for both locations. Dave Carroll, service technician. Keith Mack, equipment salesman out of the Watertown location. And I'm Nathan Hague. I'm a salesman at the Brickings location. We're happy to have all of you on for today's conversation about combines and choppers from more of the shop perspective. So tell us a little about how this year has gone for farmers around the region during silage season and harvest. I think the farmers this year uh, were pleasantly surprised when they finally got into their fields after the conditions, uh, the growing conditions this summer, it kind of left everybody questionable as to what kind of crop they were going to have. Many people that I spoke to were pleased with what they found when they actually got out there, uh, both silage and um, in their beans and corn. So all in all, not as good as it could have been, but not as bad. Let's kind of get into the first couple of questions to set the stage. What's the percentage of owner and operators and and custom harvesters in the region? And how has this changed over the years? That's a great question, Fred. In this area, we see more people going to custom choppers. There's a lot of the farmers are starting to go to custom combining too, because they're just gaining so much more land. But there are still a lot of the small farmers around that still try to do their own stuff. In in our area right here along the I-29 corridor, with all the large dairies, we actually see those guys doing uh, and getting involved with a lot of custom silage harvesters, haylage harvesters. Those guys just don't have the time to get out there and cover the amount of acres that they need to put up their silage piles. So those guys are utilizing the custom guys. There are a few of our uh, larger beef producers that actually get in on using some of them too. Some of the more normal-sized operations are still chopping their own silage. I would say a high percentage of the rural crop farmers are still harvesting their own crop. There are a few operations that are doing the the harvesting out there that can jump in and help or actually knocking out uh, acres for people that maybe should look into renting their land out versus farming it themselves. How have you had to shift what you do to meet the equipment needs of your clients? We've gone from just pickups for service vehicles to vehicles with cranes and air compressors and welders on them so technicians can spend more time out in the field preparing as to forcing them to come into the shop. Typically, what are the most common areas operators remember to maintain and what do you see as the most common areas neglected on combines? Well, 
They know how to check oil and grease most spots, but there are those hidden greasers here and there on the combines and on choppers. But the biggest thing that they I see for neglect is cleaning their machine off. They don't get it all the way blown off. They forget a spot here or there that they don't realize that you can open a a side panel up, get in there to blow it off a little better. Just how important is it to have those machines cleaned out, you know, not just for transmitting weeds from one field to the next or disease, but for actually maintaining the life of that combine? Stored inside or if it's stored outside. If it's stored outside, you're starting getting all the, everything wet. It's going to start rusting the equipment better because it will hold the moisture. Plus all the rodents, they like to move into that for the food side and cause a lot of damage. You know, back in the day when I was working at the implement yard, we didn't have near the wiring and electronics on, you know, the old 6600 deer. I got to believe that with all that wiring and electronics, that's a terrible problem. Yes, it is. You get one mouse or a rat in there that'll make home. Uh, it starts sending bulk codes all over the place by just chewing on two or three wires. What about good maintenance on choppers? Choppers are very high maintenance piece of equipment. They've, they've got more acid that they're in all the time. It's recommended to try to keep them cleaned off the best you can at all times because they're in just a, such an acid environment that acid really starts rusting gets in bearings and eats bearings out and best thing is to try to keep them as clean as you can you know for as far as maintenance and then just do your normal greasing and oil changes and make sure your air filters are good when you talk about cleaning are you thinking a complete bath on a weekly basis during the season or or what are you talking about a lot of the choppers we sell here maintain here they all come with an air compressor built onto the chopper. I recommend, and I've got guys that do this every night when they're done chopping, they will actually take that air compressor that's on the chopper and they actually physically blow the chop as much silage or haylage off the chop as possible. It's really good from a lot of perspectives. What has been seen this year as far as fire risks? I haven't seen too many headlines about equipment burning up from no maintenance. Has there been too many wrecks as far as fires go? I've heard a couple of guys getting close, you know, bearing goes out, but they've been trying to this year keep their equipment cleaned off a little bit more. Everybody's been investing in these leaf blowers and that's been helping like on the combine side. They just take this battery operated leaf blower and you can get a lot of the dust away from the bearings. That seems to help, you know, if you get a hot amber somewhere, it falls just on steel versus in a pile of chaff. I think one transition we've seen with the, the farmer's level in just keeping up the maintenance, but their level of comfort in doing repairs has gotten a lot less over the years. So what is the average cost if they need to bring something in for a routine inspection on a combine or chopper? If you are going to do a very detailed inspection on your chopper, you could spend upwards of 10 hours inspecting that combine or that chopper, and you can spend up to eight hours or more on a combine where you would take the feeder house off and look up into the rotors on the chopper you would take the head off that the, the chopper body and look in the blower and check everything out there you know our enterprise budget material says we should budget you know two to three percent at a minimum for repairs 
on a motorized piece of a combine. Are you thinking that that's reasonable? Or are you thinking as we see the increased value of used machines, we should be doing more on our maintenance side? That 2 to 3% is based on the cost of the machine? Yes. Choppers are going to be a lot higher than 2 to 3%. My experience over the years, as the cost of equipment increased, uh, the acres also increased on the use of the machine. Typically, my last place of employment on combine repair, $20,000 was about an average bill on a combine. I just did uh, 3% on 250000 comes to $7,500. i am thinking like on a chopper, you're going to have to budget probably in that 8% a year to make sure that you maintain good, effective operational equipment. That 8% would be pretty close. We've had them come in and they've spent $40,000 on repairing a chopper. Now, obviously we want equipment to work when we get it into the field, but it also has an important part of preserving the value when it's time to trade that unit in. You must look pretty hard at how uh, a combine or a chopper has been maintained when dealerships working to do a trade. Yeah, we've got a new process now where we, if we're trading in a large piece of equipment like a combine or a chopper, where we send a professional technician out to do that inspection for us. Salesmen know a few things and, and we can get a general idea of the condition of the, of the piece of equipment, but it really helps to have a technician really go through all the different components on that machine. That's been invaluable to uh, getting our trade-ins right. Does add a little bit of cost to the process. Uh, those are the guys that really know those machines inside and out and can really go through and get an idea of what ne- needs to be done on that machine. Have you guys been able to keep inventory in for what farmers' requests have been around combines and choppers? Yeah. The parts have been doing fairly decent, but actually getting the machines... Inventory has been a little bit of a struggle. You know, we're having to go as far as, you know, ordering things 12 to 18 months out. We've got on the lot is about all we have at the moment. Currently, we're sitting on one new combine, moved pretty much through most of our used inventory this year for sure. We have one new combine on its way. Uh, like I said, we're 12 to 18 months out on anything that we were to order as of today. Let's assume that at some point the logistics uh, of getting equipment and parts are, are going to come back to normal. Give us an idea of some of the criteria that a producer needs to use to determine whether it's time to maintain, fix, or, or trade in combine mm-hmm. or a chopper. You know, well, in most cases, unless a piece of equipment is going to go to salvage, you know, that maintenance is going to have to be done in either case, you know, whether the producer keeps the machine or whether he trades it into us. But there's a lot of things that go into that decision. You know, there may be a few things wrong now, but he's getting up high in hours where you kind of expect to see a lot more maintenance being required on that machine. And that's when a lot of guys are going to start looking at trading. Um, There's some guys that are more comfortable doing repairs on their own than others. If a guy likes to fix things on his own, usually repair the machine for, you know, obviously a lot less money than, than paying a technician to do it for him. So there's a lot of different things that go into that decision. I say in most cases, those repairs are going to need to be done in either either case uh, unless that machine is going to be scrapped out entirely. One of the things that they may want to take a look at is 
trading those pieces of equipment when they're in a trade zone to where they're going to get the best equity return. A lot of times we'll see people trade things with a lot of hours on them and we give a pretty wide trade difference, similar to trading a vehicle with a hundred thousand mile spread. And a lot of times we can help those customers keep their money together if they were to trade that machine sooner rather than later. And a little bit on that tip there, Zane, what would be the, the core things that they'd want to be looking at to capitalize on that or time of year? So a lot of times combines move towards the middle to later part of summer as you start getting into maybe a wheat harvest or a bean situation depending on what the buyer of the used combine is looking like but we've noticed that there's approximately a three to four owner opportunity in a combine from new to the last owner if we can trade those combines around the eight to nine hundred separator hours the first time that keeps the money together for the producer buying the new one. But there's two customers between your 900 hours and 2,500 hours if they if they just move those machines in probably a two to three year period versus hanging on to them for six or eight years. You'd mentioned that equipment. You often send a tack out to give it a go through as they're considering the trade. Give us the continuing steps there. What else can the the producer expect as, you know, he's going through the process of making a trade? Obviously, once they come talk to the salesman, we send the tech out. Uh, The tech's going to be looking at what's our investment going to be in getting that machine back up to a sellable field-ready unit. In a dealership setting, our cost in the sales department is the same cost as the customer. The more maintenance and the more reliable they keep that unit, the greater value they're going to get on a trade. The less money I have to put into that machine when I trade it in ultimately helps put money in the producer's pocket. You know, I want to be able to give as much to the customer as I possibly can on a trade. If I have to put $30,000 into it on a recon situation versus 10, that's a lot of equity that somebody's given up if they are not maintaining the machine and doing the regular maintenance on an annual basis. Great. Well, we'll kind of wrap up the conversation with this. Let's go around and what final advice do you have for those wrapping up harvest as they get around to making their year-end decisions about combines and choppers and whether to invest in that maintenance? or do through the repairs or trade-ins? As far as maintenance, I would highly suggest they make sure that combine is absolutely clean and the chopper clean before they put it away, keep the rodents out of them. Ultimately, I would recommend that they get their machine in for a post-season maintenance and take a really good look at what, uh, you know, they're going to get a lot of different stuff on that. They're going to get, it has to be fixed or could be fixed in an okay category. Probably take a, a look at that should be fixed, but could get by category, um, especially if they're thinking they're going to trade in a year or two. Going back to that point that I was making about, you know, when they do go to trade that machine, making sure that there's not a lot of maintenance that needs to be done on it at that time so that they can hold their money together and ultimately capture that equity that way. I think it has a lot to do with how much downtime 
a certain producer can can afford. So, you know, if there's a guy that's got, you know, 10,000 acres to get done and a very short window that he needs to get it done, he's probably going to want to stay in a newer machine. It's going to stay, have a lot less downtime. There's smaller producers out there that don't have as many acres to go over and they can afford to be down for a week or, or you know, a few days. Uh, and there's other guys that just absolutely can't have that and it'll destroy their possibility of making any profit for the year. So uh, it has a lot to do with that. Uh, proper maintenance going to go a long way, whether you tend to, to keep it or trade it in. Zane said, you know, uh, if you don't do it, we're going to have to spend the money to do it when it's traded in. So, I mean, proper maintenance is never a bad idea. But, uh, a lot of it has to do with whether to deciding whether to keep it or trade it is uh, how much downtime you can afford. Well, gentlemen, you certainly shared a lot of good information for those producers that are interested. Uh, Extension has some guides and handbooks that talk directly about service and maintenance for uh, combines, chapters, all of their bigger equipment. Well, thank you, Farmers Implement and Irrigation from both the Brookings and Watertown locations. We appreciate you guys taking time out of your day and helping producers make those tough year-end decisions on these uh, large expensive machines that definitely keep them running and keeping them prosperous. Thanks for joining us on this episode of I-29 Muyu Dairy. Be sure to check out the episode notes for information from our sponsors. I-29 Muyu is an equal opportunity provider for the full non-discrimination statement or accommodation inquiries go to extension dot iastate.edu forward slash diversity forward slash ext.